Welcome to Video Game Movie Anatomy. Tonight we are going to be doing the follow-up to Indie Game the Movie, which is Indie Game Life After. We're going to be talking about where the people ended up after this amazing documentary hit the airwaves. So please, join us, won't you? Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movie. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Video Game Movie Anatomy. Hello, everybody out there on the internet. Welcome to another episode of Video Game Movie Anatomy. We got the squad back. We're back. Yes. yes. I'm very happy to have you back, Patrick. It's it's Amen. way too long in between it when we see you. pains me when I'm not here. This is exciting, though. This week, I got to listen to the show. I actually participated. I cheered along with you guys. I was there in spirit. That's the point. <laughs> oh, you were here. The positivity corner yes. came through. <laughs> good, good, good. did. Hardcore in this one. <laughs> uh, all about callbacks. So this, this one's going to be a little bit interesting. We're a little bit more off the cuff. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking about Indie Game Life After, which is a collection of some of the epilogues, behind the scenes, uh, deeper dives, other developers. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's just going to be, we're going to be talking about the nature of uh, game design as well as what success can do to somebody. We're currently listening to some Spelunky tunes. Yes, we are. Uh, for for those of you who haven't uh, heard the show before, uh, let's let's go through introductions. Patrick, you first. Hello, I'm Patrick Dees. You can find me on Twitter at p to the Dees. Stacy. I'm Stacy Shuttleworth. You can find me on Twitter at Stacy Shuttles or on Twitter and all over the web at Nerds Doing Stuff because I'm a nerd doing stuff. Nailed I love it. the plug. Nailed it's it. So good. Uh, and I'm the internet's Mark Bidonica. You can find me at Mark Bidonica, where most Mark Bidonicas are sold. Not everywhere. Still working on Kmart. But um, please, uh, make sure to hit me up. All sorts of nerdy, silly stuff uh, coming out of my Twitter face. So, uh, yes, last week, if you missed our episode, we talked about Indie Game the Movie in depth. We're going to kind of be fleshing in and out from it because this is directly related to it. But, Patrick, since you weren't here, yes. what what is your thought on Indie Game the Movie? Look. So for me, <laughs> two, two steps back, usually we get on the show and it's just this, um, I do, I try to be the bastion of positivity, but it's, it's a lot of opposition. We're watching a lot of hot garbage, right? And I think... Um, that was a the, nice way to put it. I mean, yeah, it's, um, it's tough week in, week out. And I think, so I do, I travel a lot professionally and once in a while I've got to miss the show. It really bummed me out that I had to miss this episode because mm -hmm. I think Indie Game, the movie, um, is a little bit of magic. Um, here's the thing. I think games are incredible. Obviously, they're um, my my recreation of choice, my escapism of choice. But I think they're they're magic. And I think what's cool about this film for me, and I don't know if you guys felt the same way, was I think everybody has some baseline understanding of how a film is made, right? Like you, a film is announced. You have kind of understanding like there's there's actors and there's camera, and we understand like more or less you know eighteen twenty four months we see the film go go like shows up in theaters. Yeah. Right think people have almost no context to, to understand how a video game is made and send terrible things to developers like your game's guards not even out you know or homophobic or misogynistic slurs of people when people take their time with games and so to see people struggle and 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 really show that insight as to like what it takes to get a game off the ground these things that i think largely we take for granted i think i know i personally do um i think it feels feels What's his What's his quote at the beginning of the film? Right when he talks about it, it's the it's the amalgamation of all all types of media all in one. How could it not be awesome? Like when he's very when you very first meet kind of Phil yeah. in the mm -hmm. film, it's optimistic Phil, uh, yeah. <laughs> happy Phil, <laughs> not broken. the not the I'm going to kill myself Phil. And so for me, this movie was kind of like a really cool look, and it was captured like what a cool time, right? Like when mm -hmm. when this was going on, this was kind of like the this was the tip of the sword, if you will, for like. For the success of indie studios, right? Like, really mm -hmm. put that space kind of on the map. Historically, it'd been pre ruled by AAA and, and to a lesser degree, kind of AA games. And these were the first kind of like batch of mega successful indie games. And I just thought it was awesome to see, right? Just like what there are people on the other side of these games and real genius uh, behind them. And I think in ways that they don't necessarily always get credit for. So um, it was a delight to hear you guys talk about it. And I think, I think if you. If you're watching this, you probably have seen it, but if for some reason you've found our YouTube link or a podcast, you still have not seen it and enjoy video games in any capacity, or or hell, just enjoy tales of triumph and struggle and ultimately success in a lot of these cases, check out Indie Game the Movie. Which mm -hmm. studio story was your favorite? Of, hmm. Look, I think... It's a, I'm a little bit biased because I think John Blow is unmitigated genius. Okay. I okay. think Jonathan Blow, and that braid is... Um, deserves all of the accolades that it's gotten. Um, but I gotta say, like, I, for me, it was really interesting to watch Phil Fish because I think to some degree the man's just uh, 
completely vilified all over the internet. People love to say the hateful fish. They love to say they hate it, and they maybe not even be able to tell you what game he's associated with. People just love to hate that guy. Totally. He's a very punchable face. The internet told me to hate him. That's a lot of that was running rampant, especially around this time. And I think he's such an interesting character. I mean, I get he's divisive, but I tend to like kind of divisive kind of characters anyway. He's a perfect subject for this film. I think so, too. Yeah. But just so transparent. Right? Like, just, like, hey, this is what I'm dealing with. You guys touched on it last week, but that comment about, like, what are you going to do if you don't finish your game? I'm going to kill myself. Yep. That was it. And I shouldn't say it with a laugh. I just was, like, I love that level of transparency. I feel like you don't you don't get that in, in many mediums. So I'd probably, that's, that's hard for me to say either way, but it, probably the, the inside and to, to, to humanize Philfish. Mm. Yeah. Did anybody go home and play any of these three games? After after the show, I tried really hard and I just couldn't get the time to do it. That's unfortunate. I'm still going to play Super Meat Boy. Super Meat Boy I'm needs to be at the top going of your list to play that game. Yeah. Yes. Are you, and you're a big Super Meat Boy fan. I'm a big Super Meat Boy fan because I love perfect controls. I love yes. platforming and the soundtrack and the everything sort of came together in this. It, it's one of the better examples I think from the indie market of what the state of games can be sure nothing mm-hmm. it, this is built by two guys yeah ostensibly oh, yeah. and it's one of the greatest platformers ever made yeah like not even not even exaggerating and not even trying to put it high on no it. no yeah sure and yeah. and you i just objectively love that game yeah, yeah. And, and it's and mm-hmm. from out of nowhere like it's just super meat boy this seems interesting played it fell in love with it mm-hmm. and started because it was connected with other indie games that's how i started to play other indie games as well and the mm-hmm. it's weird how a character that is just meat, yes, is so compelling. But he's so he's pure. He's yep. innocent. He just mm-hmm. wants to save his girlfriend because he's the only person that can really hold him and it be okay. Sure, yeah. it's beautiful. Yep. I have nothing to say about the evil Doctor Fetus, but uh, <laughs> when it comes to Meat Boy, that 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 character, that guy, that game is my jam. But yeah. did when was the last time you played Braid, Patrick? Oh, it's been a minute. So I played I played Braid uh, before I saw this film the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah, so it's launch. been yeah, I mean at right. launch, right? Um and was completely captivated. So I never actually did play Super Meat Boy. I know it's terrible. It's on my pile of shame, but I'm not normally a platform guy. Uh, mm-hmm. The aesthetic and the audio of Braid, it was so unbelievable. Like I mean like it just seeing screenshots, I was like I really need to see that. And it's actually I know we'll mm-hmm. touch on it, but in this kind of life after, one of my favorite parts was learning about why they made those design aesthetic, the, yeah. those aesthetic choices. Oh, yeah. Right? And you talked a little bit about the paint and why that was a deliberate choice, right? This was a world that something had been crafted, which means right. it can be altered. And I think so much of that, like again it was it was intoxicating and it especially as I played it, again I'm not a platform guy, but understanding the story that is underneath braid was Fantastic. Braids being a platformer isn't inherently necessary to understanding the story. Mm-mm. So mm-hmm. I, I think that that's one of the few that can really transcend the genre. Where yeah. if you want to go super hardcore with it, then you go with Super Meat for Boy. For sure. Um, mm-hmm. But why don't, why don't we talk about that since you brought it up. David Hellman, who did the art for Braid, yeah. it was an extended piece about how he developed the visual style of Braid, seeing right. our, our the, the hero evolve. Um, and we sort of touched on this in, in last week's episode is... How much braid was missing from the final documentary? Was this a step in the right direction, Stacey? As far as what was changed in, or what they were talking about in the life after, how it progressed? Well, I mean, I mean in, in terms of what, was this the right thing to show for people who wanted more braid? Oh, I think it was an interesting choice. I mean, I like seeing where it started from, things mm-hmm. like that. So, and I think people who want to follow, like, kind of see where you start and get an idea of where people finish. Mm-hmm. So um, it's always interesting to see the final product versus what you get. Um, it was a little, I guess, disconnected from the main storyline they had told about Braid beforehand. And, but, and because it, uh, it didn't directly reference Jonathan Blow. It was just like, hey, here's how we're building assets. But mm-hmm. No, just totally. And I think like... Okay, I'm, I think we'll take what we can get. Whatever insight into that that Jonathan Blow's mind is fantastic, even if it's third person. But like, it really bummed me out that we didn't check back in with Blow. That was actually the impetus for me to like turn this on because mm-hmm. I know he's he's 
he's hard to get a hold of, and he, he's largely disconnected from his fan base at this point, right? Like some very weird tweets as the witness was going, <laughs> the witness was going up about urine and jars and things to that effect. Uh, but like he's not one that gives many interviews, so actually yeah. I was very kind of excited to, to dive into that. But like I said, I'll take what I can get. It was interesting to kind of see the process and what. For me, it was interesting to hear him say. Look, Jonathan, let me explore some of this. His first mm-hmm. vision, like when he talked about the clouds, right? He talked about... The pretentious clouds. Yes. yes. And he had that picture of the clouds, right? He had like a JPEG placeholder. And then let yeah. the guy explore all these other themes and then end it on clouds. Because he had this vision of it. But like, it was interesting to see a perfectionist collaborate with another perfectionist mm-hmm. and what came out of it and how close it was to his original vision. Right. And seeing the the sort of the stage building totally. uh, mm-hmm. sets, you kind of see the background of everything. Would that have been a little bit too revealing? And, and because Stacey hasn't played it, would that have been a little too revealing to how the game's story evolves, do you think? This interview? No, no, not the interview. I mean the style that he was going for before they landed on Cloud. I don't think so. Do no. you? I, I don't I don't think so either. Okay. But I think the clouds are a better way to mask what comes. Uh, okay, I can see that. I love I love that the, the non-spoiler dance that we tend to do. No, but no, but, but I know. That's the thing about no, Raid. Totally. You cannot know how that un, unfolds. You just have to experience it. It's one, and, just one of those right. narratives. That and, just, and people are still aren't doing it for Limbo. People still aren't doing it for right. Inside, no, no, even no, though yeah. that was this past summer. Can we talk Very, about it? So one of the reasons you, you mentioned on last week's show mm-hmm. uh, that you were uh, one of the reasons we're talking about this is just because the witness is being released on Xbox One. Yes. Um, and so let's let's get into the, the mind to blow a little bit. And one of the things that you said that I just took all kinds of umbrage about. Uh, uh, yeah. The one thing where I yelled <laughs> at my phone uh, as I was on a run was uh, you said that the Abzu was probably a better game than Inside? That's not what I said. Okay. I said that I enjoyed Abzu better than Inside. That's fair. Okay. I got a better, I got a better feeling after playing Abzu than I did after playing Inside. Okay, I will leave you with the, it makes you feel better. But yes. I, I was like, okay, so I misheard, <laughs> yes, and like did. I broke a set of headphones, I tore them in head. No, I didn't. Uh, I was just like, that was Mark, what are you doing? Yeah, it was my controller for your show. <laughs> I was like, what are we even doing here? Okay, okay, oh, I stand corrected. I may have misspoke. You have my apologies. I may have misspoke, but I apologize. No. It, I, I like them both. Yeah. Never mind. That's not what we're no, talking I, about. I agree. That's I just had, I just that's had, had we're to get that off my here. chest. That's I not agree. what we're talking about here. But um, I, I do agree that this was missing Jonathan Blow. It was, right? Mm-hmm. Especially because he's such a pioneer in this space. And I understand he's not his, his MO, that he doesn't want to engage in things like this, but like... He's kind of a... This would be kind of disconnected enough, I think, to yeah. engage with and still put yourself out there mm-hmm. for the community. Um, I sure did like his... So, I know I'm kind of all over the map, but I don't mean to fine. be, but I'm still on Jonathan Blow. Well, it was interesting to see their GDC talk after Phil made the comment about Japan. Mm-hmm. The infamous uh, oh, Phil yeah. Fish hates Japan. The Phil Fish... I mean, oh, yeah. he does. He just slams Japan. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly hates Japan, Phil. I'm uh, the internet. Dude. That, <laughs> that was heartbreaking. So that, that montage oh, of the, the headlines popping up and to his point, for, for people who weren't even there, have mm-hmm. these type of commentary and God bless the internet. But I, I did love Jonathan Blow coming back in and elaborating around the design principles that would lend themselves to saying, hey, this is almost a little bit the behind the times, right? Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's update UI. Let's update the hand-holding nature of tutorials, those mm-hmm. types of things. I really loved him being able to elaborate on that as opposed to um, they suck. It's yeah. like hard stop. And I was like, <laughs> wow. say more, right? Like, explain it yourself. Was, and he, that, that, Man who that poor made man was, the, was crushed. Oh, Absolutely he crushed. Was. My heart hurt for that. One of my favorite <laughs> games of all time, and the creator hates me. Jeez. Had you seen? Let me ask you guys this: Had you guys seen that footage before? No, I yeah. had not seen the full footage. No, me neither. Because I, mm. I obviously remembered when it happened, but I had never seen that out of context. So it was fascinating. But to it was see. also yeah. it wasn't something that I started a crusade over. I was just right. kind of like. What a jerk. And then I went on with my day. Like, sure. It, was, it wasn't yeah. anything huge. But. I didn't take to Twitter like, look at this a-hole. Right. Like, no. no. How, how rational of you. I how like, well-adjusted. I really held myself together. I didn't go on a rant. You represent the internet. <laughs> yes, well. yes, you did. Raising the level of discourse. <laughs> the internet bar. One person at a time. <laughs> but it was interesting to see because I also just got all of those headlines when that was happening. I tended to agree with them a little bit more. I think definitely mm-hmm. their de- design philosophy. I mean, especially to what John Blow was saying. All of that I agree with. So it wasn't 
Uh, I figured that was some sort of out of context thing, but it was interesting to see that guy right. getting crushed in real time. It was just... It, it was <laughs> still her. I mean, it was it, still a dick thing to say. Right? So, like, that poor guy. <laughs> and how he said it. But yeah, that's it the thing. is, It's cool. it's with Phil Fish, that, of what we've learned from him from these two different pieces, he is not anything but a blunt person. No, oh, right? Yeah. He is absolutely, like, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. So oh, no jokes. Blind. That's it. I'm just going to do it. So he's so um, like, but with Jonathan Blow, because he is a little bit more of that artiste, mm-hmm. uh, he definitely knows how to speak a little bit better. There's some tact, well, tact, and and, and some tact. precision. Tact yes. and professionalism. I mean, it was so yeah, yeah very <laughs> much so. And I think like, so. Let me ask you this: like, let's say you are. How would you have languaged that? If I asked you, not what your opinion is, but you're of the opinion that they suck. Like, if I go, Mark. Talk to me a little bit about like the current state of Japanese gaming. What's your response? I think it needs improvement, right? You s- totally. They're just starting that different than hate them. They oh, suck. Burning in a tire fire, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. I'm coming for you with a can- with what? a jerry can, and I'm just going to torch the place to the ground. Your days are implied. numbered, Nintendo. I mean... Yeah, like I think yeah. They, there's been a great legacy of games there. Like they've obviously like an, a, like on a storied past or mm-hmm. whatever, and mm-hmm. could could learn in a cyclical industry. They could come around. You know, there's a million different ways to. To articulate that, especially when you know who you're talking to, I, right? I mean, you you're see looking at this person, and yeah, you go, "I who, hate them. You suck." Who like, is an indie dev, right? And he was saying he was uh, a developer, and and learning yes. English, and, yes. and every, mm-hmm. like there's there's oh, no grace in Phil Fish's comment. That was tough. I will say. I liked how this how the segment was cut together. I do too. It fit within the realm that and the story that the documentary was trying to tell. But then when it just went to the flat footage, yes. I was like, "Oh, that good! Was, no, no, no yeah. I, I liked it because then it's like, oh, now here presented without comment." I I totally okay. agree. Yep, I agree. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'm here, glad they showed it. Here's the mm-hmm. story that we want to tell, but here is the the, uh, the rest of the story exactly mm-hmm. same thing that they did with um, Edmund and Tommy versus the internet te- internet yes uh-huh. that was fun seeing Team Meat just unload on the internet oh, and, it, and it's interesting that everybody's gotten so reclusive it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that everybody's gotten so reclusive after the release of the movie and their games respectively yep. yeah and the fact that we're not getting a Fez two, despite all of the all of the issues with Phil and, and him and the internet and everything, I still there's still a soft spot in my heart for Fez. And did you finish Fez? I did not finish Fez. Okay, unfortunately, I didn't either. But I I loved it while I was playing. Yep. I love the world. I love the interaction. We talked about it a bit last week. I like hearing him describe the game as this is a love letter to games where you used to tell people like. Oh, I heard that you can unlock this character reptile if you do like three right, uppercuts right. and a thing. So mm-hmm. that sort of storytelling and that communal. Oh my God, this happened when I was here. I yeah. saw this thing and it made a thing happen, and it, it became a communal experience. Yes, mm-hmm. but it much like art when somebody's trying to tell you how to understand it, people got really defensive. And sure, like, no, I just like it for a different reason. And and yeah. it, it, it was spoken upon when Soldier Boy was playing Brain, and he was like, "Look, this dude, he just oh, jumps, totally. and then he comes right yeah. back. That's all there no, is." And just like <laughs> you can see the rain. I mean, and I think that's like what's fascinating about that because you say what you want about Phil and not polished and whatever, both mm-hmm. he and Jonathan Blow are unmitigated geniuses. They have Absolutely. a vision for something, and like I will never tire of admiring people who bring things into this world, be it music, be it art. And this is, you know, again, kind of that, that cross-section of both of those. But they have a vision of what they... There wasn't Fez, and then there was. And to yeah. me, that's amazing. It's like there wasn't, you know, Nirvana, and then there was when Kurt Cobain... You know, just, I'm not, I'm not, uh, no, not saying that's a parallel, those are but... Big, those are two big statements. But, but you get... But, and not that they're a parallel, because I'm a huge, huge Nirvana fan. Um, and didn't finish Fez. My point is that, like, they're bringing something into the world. And so, like, it's interesting to see them, and, and it's not surprising that they, they bristle a little bit when... Like, can you imagine, like, can you imagine being Jonathan Blow and watching Soldier Boy play that and say that? I would lose my mind, and I've never done anything even remotely close to bringing something like that into the world. Oh, yeah, no, it would it would definitely rankle me. I'd be super irritated. <laughs> I I would probably be very quiet. I would probably would you? Re- retreat to my study in the Jonathan Blow estate, because everybody knows he has a huge mansion. Internet. Um... <laughs> I would, I would I would go to the freezer. I would take one giant uh, cube of ice, place it in a glass, pour a, <laughs> pour a tiny bit, just a little bit of uh, scotch. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And by a little bit, you mean like just a, a, just a whole no, bottle? No, 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 like a whole bottle. Shot or so, something to enjoy. Okay. 
and then mm-hmm. I would uh, I would. I would just punch pillows. <laughs> yeah, okay. well, that took a there turn. No, no, no. I would take the glass, I would throw I would it through the it. window, and then I would just oh, beat them. Yeah, there that would probably go. just be really quiet, like just like. Well, and you, what do you do after that? You can't really go out there and be like, "Hey, actually, this is what I mean," because then, of course, people are going to back. Oh, what an asshole! Look no, at him totally. critiquing like how this person experienced the game. Let me play the, the game. game like I want to play it. Yeah, so I totally get it, and I also get like wanting to be understood as to yeah. what you meant by for sure by something. And seeing seeing how. I think I think here's here's the difference. Jonathan Blow is a genius who's trying to be an artist. Phil Fish is a genius who knows he's a genius. Oh, I want to unpack that sentence a little bit. I think they're both acutely aware of how bright they are. <laughs> That's expressed okay. differently, right? Yeah. Like, and yes. I think like um, like a self-aware genius comes across like a, an accurate self-evaluation for a genius comes across as vain, mm-hmm. but it's just accurate. Jonathan Blow mm-hmm. saying I'm the smartest guy in the room is probably the truth. He's not, that's nothing that he said, but I'm saying yeah. if he said right. that, that occurs as vain and it's just accurate. It's more a clinical assessment. Correct. Tool. Yeah. No, yeah, clinical is the right word, right? <laughs> that is a sterile evaluation. Right. Yep. There's no emotion. Yeah, no, not at all. And, and I'm saying more the problem of perception isn't with the person, isn't with the person in question. Sure. It's with mm-hmm. society's view yep. on them. Like we just pulled up a picture here that has Phil Fish, gamers are the worst fucking people and he's right i don't i, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I, don't right. I don't take a problem like that is my hobby of choice and there are so many times when i'm like embarrassed to be part of that community when so gamergate and things to this effect i mean absolutely it is homophobic misogynistic abusive gross on so many levels yeah. and it's the art that i i love and there are there are, frequently will find little corners of hope and this film was one of those right like it was just like hey here's the struggles of some earnest hardworking people who ultimately and it was fun for me right this is one of those probably for you guys too when you watched it mm-hmm. had knew that all of those games were i mean just runaway successes yeah and so knew that like i knew phil was not going to kill himself i knew that that game yeah. destroyed um and so so for me it was like an attentionless experience but knowing that at the end of this that through all of that turmoil their success. And the other thing is, too, I know, sorry, I just filibustering here. The other thing is, I've seen so many examples, and you guys probably have, too, of people who are so gross and be unbelievably successful. It's nice to see people that I would assert are probably pretty, like, tell me the team meet aren't, like, really good people. They are my favorite. Right? (laughs) And to see good people be successful is something I always want to see, be it in film or in real life. Anyway, so Mm -hmm. I think this, again, this movie's magic. But you you are killing it at Transitions today because I wanted to talk about team meet and their success uh, and seeing how it's more, it's less of Oh, we have money now. We're done. But how it right. went back into the Binding of Isaac, sure, which also was runaway success, terrifying success. Yes. Terrifying. I, that game but bothers great. me so much. I've but never it's played it. Oh, it's dude, wonderful. it's an awesome roguelike, dude. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would highly recommend it. Okay. Really Give me the. It's this meets this pitch. <sighs> it's, it's like Spelunky meets like no, terrible no, night no. childhood. It's... it's definitely it's a dungeon crawler. Okay. You mm-hmm. go. Root, it's more like. <laughs> it's Nightmare Legend of Zelda. I mean, look, look just Soul. right there. It's just... Nightmare Legend of Zelda, oh, where you have an abusive mother that mm. you're trying to run from instead your, of save the princess. Your weapon Jeez. are your tears. Yeah, you fire yes. your tears at your. That's how you shoot at your enemies with your tears. And there are piles of poo and spiders. I, and... It's terrifying. It's terrible. It's so bleak. But multiple it is endings so as well. Is that right? Okay. So multiple endings, but the boss fights are gross, disgusting. Various power-ups that you may not even see during various runs. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's, it completely changes it up the, the entire time. I absolutely Every love it. Every time. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. But they, commenting on, on, so from this, they just moved from one project to the next, and they kept working on that until it, it like, I think, even up to like a year or so ago, it got like its final version of release with mm-hmm. all of the bells and whistles that they could have imagined, but people were super into it still. Still that iconic art style following what Super Meat Boy was. He's got a um, great art style. Yeah. Right? So distinct. amazing. Um, but I loved how they took their success and shared it with the ones that they loved. Instead of just going, they went, okay, I have a house now, but oh, I surprised my parents with a car. Oh my gosh, that story I just sat there. Right? 
so great. Again, so such sweet. good people. They're wonderful. And I, I think Ed, Ed, Ed is very compelling, right? Like, uh, and he maybe more so in this one. Maybe more so in this one than the last one. Yeah, a lot of this felt like the Ed McMillan Ed yep. McMillan show. It, it was very, very much so. You know, he, he well, he had a lot going on too, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he's, I guess, he stayed more in the public eye afterwards. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but like, um, I, doing stuff wise, I loved. So for me, probably my favorite part of this whole uh, life after was the scene where Ed is walking through their like case of memorabilia, people that that they created or they're yeah. the seeing, and again bringing something to like all of those retail packages, right? Like literally, it was on shelves in stores, and he made it, and he had this little tribute to it, and something he's like clearly still very proud oh, of, yeah. and I think that was so cool. He, he lit up in a way that he kind of hadn't the rest of either of the two films. Mm-hmm. And I also yeah. liked from that segment, we went, well, for Russia, we were thinking of a certain thing, but we went, why don't we just have fans create a Russian-style yes. cover? Yep. Yeah. And keeping it keeping it with the people. Yeah. They, they, they're still amongst the people, despite the few people that mm-hmm. try to kick them out of it with irresponsible social media usage, which is very unfortunate. South Park's dealing with the very serious uh, notion of <sighs> quitting Twitter, which is... Unfortunate, yeah, it's a terrible, terrifying reality that we live in today. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it, I, I agree. T- team meets story, and I said it last time, is just because of the rise and fall and how positive, despite how the movie started with "Where is it? Where the? I don't care. Where yeah. is it?" Yeah. Like mm-hmm. starting with that, they still remain relatively positive. Yeah, and only became better people as a result. You didn't see anybody like Crash and Burn in the movie. Yep. In the right. movie. It was unfortunate to see Phil Fisher's currently working on Fez 2 and going, well, he's not. No, he's not. Yeah, I know. That came we up fe- and it was like, oh. I'm so, it's so sad. They just need well, a nope across nope. the screen. Whoops. Just a quick edit. Yeah. We just, were wrong. Or like we went, or like We don't asterisk. talk about it. Nobody talks. We don't talk about Fez 2. Goodness. Um, thank you, Rob S., for joining us live in chat. And leaving us hashtag pretentious clouds. Um, so one of the interesting things that, that I liked about this is they, they took the idea and the brand of Indie Game the Movie and expanded it to talk to more developers. They did, they did. Mm-hmm. So we got to hear about the development of Passage, Spelunky, and Ellis. Have you played any of these games? No. You haven't played Spelunky? So, no, I know. I'm, Spelunky I'm was not everywhere proud of this. free everywhere. Oh, I know. I, know. I, I, know. I probably downloaded it three times. I am not proud of the fact that... So he saw some money. I haven't played Spelunky. Nor had I heard of Passage. Mm-hmm. I mean, had you guys... Was this I had Passage not. I had that not. was fascinating. It was really interesting, right? That but like, cool. It's rare that there is, a, especially something that they would spend time on a documentary about, like a game mm-hmm. in, the, in the spotlight. I'm, I'm pretty up on that whole space. And just the, like, he said, like, especially that, that comment, he said, well, you know, Passage is the game that I'm actually, like, you know, known for. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> well, By who? Yeah, yeah. I t- totally. By my daughter. Yes, yeah. yes. Son? Son? Long hair? I, well, I don't know. I don't know. I thought that it was, was a, a dude. That was a very quick segment. That was my, yeah. And I, I apologize. I'm no, I'm not sure. Child. I literally went. By his child. I, I literally said out loud, if I ever have a son, there's no way his hair is getting that long. That long hair. Wasn't a good look. Mm. Um, which, of these, <laughs> which of these three games were you most interested in? Passage? No, I mean, I think I... Passage seemed cool just because of the options that you kind of had with it. And I liked that concept of if you don't pay attention to what's around you, you just take five minutes and you're done with the game. I know, right? Like, how interesting. And he probably had stats on how what percentage of people yeah. could. And I would go, wow, that was dumb. I just paid for five minutes of a game. It's like, well, you, well. you didn't actually play the game then. Uh, All-time best support answer. Did you press up? <laughs> was pretty good. Did you turn no. it off and turn it back on again? <laughs> Default answer. Why not? Um, I which one did you find the most interesting, Mark? I mean, I liked I, since I played Spelunky. Yes. it was cool. Mm-hmm. It, it all of these I felt should have gotten a a, a sequel about them. I yeah. wanted to hear more about all of these stories, um, mm-hmm. and we got to see the the developers of Spelunky at that game jam. Yep, yes. but we didn't really get to see, like we got to see why people develop and the type of things that they like to yeah. develop and mm-hmm. the joy of game creation without seeing anything really from it. Yep. So yeah. it, it seemed a little hollow or, or un- incomplete, but it, it was a nice start. Um, sure. But I, mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, Ellis, Elis, Ellis. Uh, the, the side-scrolling runner, right? 
no, 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 no. Nope. The the mobile game. Oh, yep. yeah. With with the shapes and such. Yep. Yeah. That I like okay. the the entire story of. I that was like, cool. okay, that doesn't need a mm-hmm. whole segment. No. This whole segment no. tells the entire story. Totally agree. It's yeah, like, oh, it was my it birthday, off. and it came out, and I got the idea. And yeah. It's like, cool. Were you familiar story. with Atlas before? I was not. Neither was I. Yeah. And I, no. I still haven't downloaded it. And you changed that. <laughs> I thought, if I can take one step back, yeah, I thought this Belunky conversation around the level design was fascinating. Oh, that Agreed. was amazing. I mean, so because yeah. that's one of the things I've always wrestled with. How do you balance... I mean, without intentionality, how do you balance smart level design with procedural generated? And his their approach to that and just how smart that was, ensuring that you know it's well constructed and there's always this critical path. And like him talking right. through all of that was fascinating, and actually a lot more simple than I would have anticipated. Super simple, right? I mean, I I'm, still couldn't do it myself. Very but, smart, right? But, but like that algorithm was not incredibly complicated, mm-hmm. and would need to be for like the size of that studio or whatever. Like, but mm-hmm. they built an amazing game. Very right. smartly. A very popular game totally. that everybody on this table has played, clearly. But, oh, uh, so many times. All the time. I think the thing that also made it engaging was the simplicity that you could follow along to. You can go, oh, zeros and ones. Oh, zero, like, oh that's this, that's this, that. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Right. And then you just put them all on a line. That's coding. Yep. Yeah. You just got a basic, very basic <laughs> introduction into what coding is. Mm-hmm. And I love, I love transcendently smart people who are able to distill complex ideas like an algorithmic level design into something that was very digestible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something you could actually explain to other people. Yes. I mean, because coming up with that idea yep. ta- it takes a vast knowledge you know, of coding and how to do that. But he explained it and it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. I get what you're doing. For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so going, going back a little bit to, uh, the internet comments, uh, seeing, or, or just comments in general and reaction to this yeah. film in general, mm-hmm. um, did you think Phil Fish was going to react the way he did to the screening of this movie? Cause we saw that little glimpse of him watching with mm-hmm. the directors. Yeah. It's a great question. I was a little surprised that he was so positive. Like, yeah, so like emotional and positive about it. So that begs another question. Go ahead. Did you think that he portrayed him in a negative light in the first film? Because by that, the, the, I it goes back to what I, don't I said. Mean to put words in your mouth. No, that's no, fine. I go back to what I said about public perception. I think mm-hmm. it presented him honestly. I agree. And that type of honesty these days isn't looked at with. A uh, with a passive eye, right? People right. see that and they consider arrogance. Yep. They, they they think haughtiness, yep. all sorts oh, yeah. of things. And watching it, watching this movie back when it came out, and watching it now, I have I had a completely different view of Phil Fish. So seeing his reaction, while surprising, was also very refreshing. Yeah. To go, mm-hmm. Oh, he he's okay with this. Because that was yeah. him. It was an honest portrayal, right? Like right. I, So for me, it wasn't, I wasn't shocked at all. In fact, it humanizes him in a way that like, that would be, it, it, and it, it cataloged this tremendous struggle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like, that's kind of a beautiful thing. And I loved, the most telling piece of that was when he was talking to his friend and one of his friends said that he liked him better after mm. having watched the film <laughs> yeah. and humanized him in a way that like, yeah, of course he was excited about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't think he would have reacted negatively to it. No. Like, acting like, oh, why would you, like, paint me in oh, okay, that light? That's what no, yeah. that's, that's not what, yeah. what I expected or anything. Okay. But to see him get that emotional. Sure. About, More emotional. Like, I thought he'd be excited reaction. about it. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that was a very visceral kind of reaction. And I think, like, had. I, and so recently I just had a, an experience that like isn't this, but like I had um, – I'm the founder of an interactive football team, right? Like we're, we're building the first fan run team. And as we're documenting that, um, Esquire magazine is doing an article on us that comes out in February. So check, check out February 2017 for the franchise article on this technology that we're building. But they embedded with us for a week. Mm. And it was um, – you very quickly forget that they're there, and then at the end, at least I did, and at the end of the embedding, I was like, oh, no. Like, we were just ourselves. I'm like, <laughs> how much of that? So, like, I, I can't even imagine what Phil must be going with, because we're on edge, right? Like, he's going to come out and embed one more time, and then they're going to write this article, and it's going to be the entire world. My parents are going to be reading some of the things that I said, you know? And so I I don't know what that's like. And it's got to be a crazy experience to watch that and hope it turns out well and is flattering to some degree. Mm-hmm. And humanizing to the degree that it was. I think if I went through an event as trying as all of the events that were presented in such a heightened 
sensitivity by Phil himself yeah. and mm-hmm. got a chance after the fact to see 100%, not remember, but see 100% what I said and to go from I'm going to kill myself if this game isn't finished to the game being done and it being responded to positively and, and being a, ultimately a success. Mm-hmm. I I would treasure that. Yeah. That, that oh, yeah. hard time. Totally. So so much more in the fact that it is documented. I'd be like, do you have any more raw footage that I can just have? Yes. <laughs> so I can just Take look it at all. it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I won't show it or anything, but ugh, yeah, I, I'm, ha- I'm happy with how positively he reacted to it and it wasn't a surprise. I mean, totally. I, I really liked that and I also really liked kind of how they started on Phil too. It was an interesting bookend where he said like, the game's not done, but it's pretty done. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how successful this game is. I made the game I wanted to make how I wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. And, like, mm-hmm. what a cool... I don't know. Again, it's it's a cool story, start to finish. Uh, yeah. Good for him. Speaking of stories, yes. last week we had brought up, instead of casting, because I do recast the documentary, right. um, we had brought up which of the three games deserves a movie adaptation. So between Braid, between Super Meat Boy, and between Fez, yes. we answered the question last week, yes. and thank you to everybody who responded with their answers, but what of these three games do you think deserves a movie adaptation? I yelled into my phone, God damn it, Braid needs to be a movie. <laughs> yeah, right. so I think, and I think, um, I don't want to spoil anything. I will say um, it's about perception. They, they spoke to it, right? The way paint, it's something that can be, it's a reality that was constructed and can be altered. Mm-hmm. I think to some degree that could lend itself well to a filmic adaptation. Would be very excited to see. And I think, like again, the score so powerful. All of that seems to translate very well, especially when and if you finish it. Some of the themes that play out toward the end of the game would make for an unbelievable, an unbelievable film. I agree. So Very good. Um, just, oh, yeah. Uh, for, for more on that, go back and listen to our last week's episode where we talked all about it. But this week, uh, we are flipping the script again. We, are, we can't recast the documentary. Whoa. So, um, I mean, we're... Yeah, really dramatic. <laughs> well, you have played Phil Fish. <laughs> oh, it's crazy, and we're back. Um, so, this, we're going to do something a little bit different. This is a behind the scenes on the development of certain games from a completely different point of yeah. view. What game... Would you want to see an indie game, the movie level behind the scenes documentary? Oh, man, four. Stacey, I gotta hear your answer. Oh well, I gotta okay. hear your answer. I picked an indie game and I picked like a major. Oh, look at this! Game. She's <laughs> double flipping the scripts. Or <laughs> I'm triple sorry, flipped. I know. It's backwards. Well, started. I wasn't sure what you wanted. So. Yeah. Awesome. It's okay. No, oh, cool. She's turning the tables, but it's a circular table. I get it. So, so lazy keep, Susan. Then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting back there. Which, which one do you want first? <laughs> uh, go indie. Yeah. All right. So indie. Um, I would love to see about Undertale. Oh, one interesting. Into... Yeah. That's, that's heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also huge, so I don't... Oh, that's more like Netflix series. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but behind the scenes there, mm-hmm. um, what inspired a lot... I mean, there are so many unbelievably interesting design choices sure. and elements that went into that game. I mean, not story notwithstanding, just even how the battles are set up. Mm. For sure, um, it's a, it is such a unique system to to even just fight where you're either yeah. dodging or you're oh, yeah. like yeah. It's it's I I would I think that might actually increase my interest in the game because I'm I'm not I'm like whatever on the whole Undertale thing, but I like how people are reacting to it. And do you find yourself when you see behind the scenes type things, are you more invested in that property than the original property? Is that like normally how that would work for you? Not not always. Okay. It, it makes me feel one way or the other about it. Sure, depending. Okay. okay. So uh, make or break it. But it could it could help me appreciate it a little bit. Fair more. enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was yeah. your major one? So my major one. Uh, I think the Uncharted series is fascinating yep. just because of the way that they use motion capture. I mean, you essentially have actors playing yeah. the roles. So to, to see how that relationship works. And I know they put out a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. They do have you know a lot of glimpses that we can look at there all over the place. Mm-hmm. But just a full, like, cohesive documentary sure. on the creation of that and what it goes into, um, like, with the actors especially. There is a lot of behind-the-scenes footage. There is a lot. I've but, watched but, but, like, a full I'll take a movie. I know. I all of it obsessively. Oh, like, wonderful. watching, especially with four, right, and watching Troy Baker. And, like, yeah, he's he's fun to watch just in general. Yeah. Did, did you ever see the Naughty Dog, the, um, the Last of Us documentary? 
No, I haven't. Unbelievable. If you have not, it's made. It's on YouTube. It's for free. It's like an hour and ten minutes. I think it is a best-in-class and documentary hard stop. But if you're interested in Naughty Dog properties at all or Mm -hmm. how video games get made, it is incredible. It is my favorite game of all time. I'm a little bit biased. But seeing the journey from that game is Mm -hmm. is unbelievable. Cannot recommend it enough. Maybe next time we're in documentary territory, we can do that one. Please. Maybe. Please. (laughs) And that might help help turn my my head on that game as well. Have you not played the game? I'm not... We're going to get on this fight? We're not going to talk about this right now. Such a peacemaker. We're not going to talk about this right now. But actually, I think we have. But either way, we'll we'll talk about it in a moment. If we went with a major studio, I would be very interested in... Overwatch uh, because it was oh, Project Titan, Titan for years. Yes. I would sure. love to see all of the stuff that they were building yep. for, and mm-hmm. what was the decision to go? We can't. We can't. We do this can't anymore. just right. But no. But let's keep that time bending uh, British girl. Please <laughs> hang on. To that. Wait. Cheers, love. The <laughs> cavalry is here. here. <laughs> I am here. Yeah, that's a way better than me trying to butcher that accent. <laughs> uh, thank you for saving that, Mark. And uh, if we're going along the the line of. Uh, Favorite games of all time. I would love to see the creation of Journey. Okay, from from Santa Monica Studio, that game studio. Me too. And or even just a, a, about Santa Monica, Santa Monica, yeah. that game studio, all the way from Flower to yeah. Journey, and then people splitting off. Maybe see a little bit about Abzu. Who knows? Just because the worlds that they create have deep messages without even using words. And and to go a little bit more into that, there's actually if you like if you're a fan of Journey. And you're a fan of the soundtrack. I am. There is, the artist has the entire recording as one track on YouTube yeah. with commentary. So it's it's not like him going, oh, so for this oboe, it was it's uh, annotations on the video. So when track started, it's like, oh, for this part, I was thinking. So you get live commentary oh, cool. in text oh, over nice. it, and and it it's awesome. So cool. I would highly recommend it. I've always said that I want to play that game with director commentary in the game, mm-hmm. where it literally has a Zach Morris mm-hmm. timeout, and here's why we built this, and this is the intention behind the sand, and this is how it's open to interpretation, but here's how these are the themes we were trying to communicate here. I, feel, I would play that all day. I feel like that's something that Braid needs. Yeah, agreed. I think that would no, make him totally. feel a lot better about it. I would. Put that director's con. Yes. Hey, Soldier Boy, have you concept. seen that in the options yeah. menu? Go down to. <laughs> watch the director's Watch that. Commentary. It's not what I said. Soldier boy, you'll understand it a lot better. Yeah, Just Jonathan, go Blow, tell him. Uh, but I mean, I think, yeah, and I don't really think you need to convince Jonathan Blow. Hey, do you want to talk about your game? Well, he's, he's already got it. Yeah, no, at this there, point, ready. yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, he can build his own his own set and, and record it in his mind. Um, so let us in know. His mind? Yeah, in he, yeah, build it in his mind. And then build it in real life. Oh, we got the uh, so, I messed up. <laughs> uh, let us know which video game you would want to see a behind-the-scenes documentary on in the comments down below. Use the hashtag VGM Anatomy. Patrick, you had another thought. Oh, no, just I, I had my AAA game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, so the, uh, one thing things, that, just really quickly, I think Bioshock Infinite would be fascinating oh, be to watch, right? So if you're unfamiliar with Bioshock, it's a lot of themes of like American exceptionalism, oh. racism, religion. You're, uh, they have a first-person baptism in the first about 10 minutes of the game. Mm. It's incredible, and I think it represents kind of this renaissance in video game narrative. And it was also a very troubled development. They had like a very like... Um, kind of not real E3 coming out party, right? Like, where it was just kind of not that game and none of that ever ended up in the final product. I think Ken Levine is impossibly yeah, Ken Levine is interesting. One, Ken Levine is one of those creators I that... totally would, agree. Let's see behind the music on his life. Yes. And, and the fact... I was like super excited for the PlayStation Vita version that <laughs> never came out. Nope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just... I would love to kind of see how... The evolution of that, because I think, you know, uh, it was him driving that vision forward and realities of budget and time and all that caught up with him eventually. Sorry for, sorry for moving past you. I thought you said, I do, I, there is one, and it exists, and it's for the last no, of us. Yeah, no, no, no. Suck it yeah. in. <laughs> I have it. I'm happy. Wish uh, no. fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But no, you're good. But in talking about all of the, all of these games and all of these stories, it, it really makes it like the, the Bioshock collection just came out. Oh. So getting a chance to go back and play Infinite is. Have you played? Have you turned it on yet? Have you, have you played it? Yeah, oh, the, no, the, the I played, collection. Yeah, I played it back. Uh, not the collection. Okay. So one of the things that I highly encourage people in the Bioshock collection, um, there is a the DLC for Bioshock Two is called Minerva's Den. Yeah. It's probably a five hour DLC. No, but that's the best. Right. That that's supposedly the best DLC addition 
I mean, totally. So the Tacoma guys, the guys that, that did Gone Home, the Fulbright company, they did this and then went out and started their own studio. It is arguably just the best DLC hard stop. It's, right. I just played it this past week, um, and I like when the credits rolled, I just slow clapped. <laughs> Just like, come on, it's just too, it's just too good. So anyway, can't recommend it enough. I think it's worth the purchase of that entire remaster. Just from whatever's done. Yeah, it was really, it's neat. It's something else. Um, Again, just real good. Rapture's rad. So Rapture is rad, but (laughs) Columbia. I agree, I agree, right? It's beautiful. I mean, there are stats. In some places. Well, okay, beautiful and terrifying kind of. Yeah, but again, a game that's like so bold, and I know, like, whatever you can make the argument that they never resolve a lot of that. But touching on race and religion and American exceptionalism and uh, the way they wrap that back to original Bioshock is un—it's transcendent. Like that is some of the smartest. Did you play the DLC in those as well? The the, the, Burial at Sea. The fact that I I respect the fact that they weren't working on them during development, right? But I was Mm. so disconnected. Sure. That I, I, it was just, it was past for me. It was done, and yeah. that was with me too. I was done with it, and I left it at that. And, and to be perfectly honest, I, I like Bioshock, but I liked the changes that they made for Infinite. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and having more space, yeah. having more room, and being a little bit more forgiving with this and that. So mm-hmm. putting us back in Rapture and making it a little bit more stealthy, it was like, well, that's not the game that I like. That's the other one. That's, eh. That's just me. That's just the thing, uh, thing with me. I, stealth games bother me because I'm bad at them, and I recognize that completely. I don't oh, yeah, do yeah. stealth. I run in, and I just cause a scene. Yeah, no, no I'm stealth until it goes yeah. to shit. I'm absolutely, hmm. no, terrible. I mean, but I'm I will stealth. say, I don't ever think, like, I, they, their gameplay is an important element of Bioshock for sure, but that is so narratively driven that like I think those games are worth playing, especially that second half of it. But they wrap your experience in Columbia back to to Rapture in a magnificent way. For Barrelty, I, I mean, they stuck the landing in a way that I think few properties do, game or otherwise, right? Like, and it's um, it's real good. Okay. So yeah, I, uh, again, without giving anything away, I can't recommend it enough. Okay, so. maybe I will pick that one up today. So after today. Did anybody get inspired? What What is everybody inspired to play today? Now that we're back in video game space, everybody's feeling sort of different ideologies, different types of game. Are we gonna, do we want to go? Do we want to go out and play new games, games we haven't played, or do we want to stick to the the favorites? Do we want to stick to Last of Us's remastered, Bioshock remastered, Journey remastered? Any 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 sort of new feelings about video games that we received from watching this documentary? That's an excellent question, Stacey. What do you look pensive? Yeah, I mean, I know. Well, because here's the thing. that I'm looking at I'm like, I have a whole list of video games mm-hmm. I want to go play. And the sad truth is I'm going to go home and play Overwatch for six hours. <laughs> <laughs> and this is what I'm going to do because this has become my love- life. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to play that and I want to play that. I need. I still need to finish um, the last Uncharted game. Oh, you should. Yeah, do I that. I need to finish. We're like most of the way through it and I just need to finish it. But Overwatch oh, is here. I'll and finish that. It's been terrible. Oh, man, that I'm, ending. I know. No, no, I, I get it. I, I went down I the to. I went down the Overwatch hole as I well. Did. I ran around, literally run around all the time to myself saying things like, it's high noon. <laughs> like nobody knows what I'm talking about, but I was like, I do. It's great. You're um, in on the joke. Don't yeah, I mean, matters. totally. I'm making myself laugh. I'm, I'm all for revisiting some of those questions, those games. Mark, you asked about like seeing some of the remasters. Um, I think... I, I'm not in on all of them, but like for example, Bioshock the original, I haven't played since again release. It's rare that I ever played a game, but I'm really excited mm-hmm. about some of these remasters because it's giving me kind of a pretext to go revisit them. I yeah. I have now played um, uh, Last of Us through a second time, mm-hmm. um, so there's there are those. I'm usually cult of the new guy. Like I'm excited about. I mean, the next couple weeks we've got Mafia comes out this week. Uh, Gears Four is out very soon. Battlefield One is out in not very long. Mm-hmm. Dishonored, which was one of my favorite games, uh, that was I think 2014 release. 2013. It was a good 13. I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's probably my favorite release that year. So I'm pretty excited about that coming out this year. So I'm I'm excited. Mm-hmm. We're, we're right in the thick of it. It's, uh, I think our engineer is excited about the Arkham Collection. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's coming out. It, I mean, I never played Asylum, but I you I, didn't. No, it's anytime I would borrow it. Anytime I'd want to borrow it from a friend. Anytime it's like, you know what? Time to play Batman. I would go into my local GameStop. We're totally sold out. Well, I guess I'm not supposed to play it, but I played City. I played Night. Oh, cool. you're gonna yeah. Like I'm so jealous. You're gonna play this like in our, a lot of people. It's their favorite of that trilogy. Sure, not mine. Quadrilogy, uh, but it's. it's Real good Metroidvania good. game. It's real good. I'm uh, I'm back into the Destiny grind, and I say what you want about Destiny, but I I love that game. Yeah. Anytime I go right back in, it's like, all right, I've I've never left. Me too. I've never left. I went 
And it's fun. Did you beat the campaign yet? I'm one mission left. Right on. Yeah, but right on. Uh, I, I'm doing a lot of exploring parts. I don't do raids. Nope. Like I just haven't. But I still enjoy the game a lot. I think they said that like literally like one percent of people ever experienced that that thing. They've spent probably forty percent of their time on building out this really successful raid. So. I would love to play Vault of Glass I'm at some point. With yeah, the very first one. Yes, um, the only yeah, one I did. There's a lot. There's a lot of games out there to play. I'm beyond excited that we are a part of this world. Yeah, me we, too. We have a we have a chance to have a, a forum to discuss something like this. And video, uh, Indie Game the movie has given us the opportunity to talk about design, and we're we're going to take this opportunity much like how we have our cheat days where we do movies uh, about video games yep. as opposed to movies based on video games. I think we should add documentaries into it as well. Into it. Uh, There's we'll, some good. We'll do The Last of Us yes. in a couple of months. Yeah. But in terms of what we're going to be doing next, we're going back down into those <laughs> that wonderful yeah. store well of films because it's October. It's, it's Halloween. It's spoopy season. I blame you. It is so Halloween. Blame you. October first. It's Halloween. I will <laughs> arguably say that this the one that we picked is very divisive. A lot of people <laughs> like it. A lot of people don't like it. So a lot of people are idiots. <laughs> I would like to quote. Let's get it started. I would like to quote uh, Dumb and Dumber. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> In two weeks' time, we are going to be covering Silent Hill right here on Video Game Movie Anatomy. But until then, Patrick to the D's, yep. where can the folks find you <laughs> on the internet? I mean, you almost nailed it. I'm at Pete's. Come not. find me. I've got a video game podcast called Pixel by Pixel that we are restarting back up. We've, we were on hiatus for the past couple of months, so excited to do that. Stacy. You can find me on Twitter at Stacy Shuttles or mostly on Twitter or all over the web at Nerds Doing Stuff. I got a lot of nerdy stuff going on that we're doing, so check it out. Yes, uh, and make sure to check out their recap from Long Beach Comic Con. You got a couple more people writing for you. Oh, nice. And Patrick, don't devalue the fact that on our sister network, After Buzz TV, you're going to be hosting your first show in a long time. It has been a minute. For Rooster Teeth's yes. Crunch Time. Possibly excited about which that. Which is a very good uh, property. The first two episodes are on YouTube. Watch them. Um, you can find me on Twitter at MRPDonica. I'm going to be a part of that Crunch Time show in yes. one way or another. And then also on the Popcorn Talk Network, uh, I host Jedi Alliance, which is our Star Wars themed show. So make sure, I was in the Midwest for a second, so make sure <laughs> to join us for our Star Wars show uh, every Monday at 4 p.m. But uh, two weeks, Silent Hill, be here, use hashtag VGM Anatomy, follow us at the Popcorn Talk. But until next time, we'll see you. In the spooky town in the, in the hills with in fog. The hills, in Halloween time. Spooks. Spooky. Don't watch the spooky. show. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.